the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. This kind of feels like uh, the sky is falling Monday. Mm. This uh, show is brought to you by Chicken Little and the sky is falling, <laughs> right? Because, I mean, wherever you turn, Chicken Little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Right. This yeah. is, yeah. yeah, this is the most important election of our lifetime. I've heard that from every person from every party. I mean, it's important. There's no doubt about important. that. But holy yeah. smokes. I mean, Germany. Christmas. God's, God's got this, right? I mean, truly. Yes. God's in control here. So, Cal, happy Monday to you. Thank Good to you. see you. Yeah. Happy to um, be here, John. 20 years uh, people were on the space station today. 20 years ago today, they had been on the space station. Holy cow. Talk about not that. The whole, but not the same people the whole time. Let's hope not, because mm-hmm. holy smokes, that, that's mm-hmm. going to be a mess. Right. But uh, We'll talk about any number of things. we got a big show for you today, but as we always do, let's start off the show by looking at the top four at four. Okay, John. For Monday, November 2nd, number one, an American citizen kidnapped last week in Niger has been rescued in a U.S. military raid by the elite SEAL Team 6. U.S. citizen Philip Walton, age 27, lives with his wife and young daughter on a farm near Masalata, and he was abducted from his backyard last Monday after assailants asked him for money. He offered only 40 U.S. dollars and was then taken away by force, according to sources in Niger. SEAL Team 6 carried out the precision hostage rescue mission and killed all but one of the seven captors, according to officials with direct knowledge of the operation, says ABC News. Another American, Christian humanitarian aid worker Jeffrey Ray Woodkey, age 60, has been held hostage for the past four years since being kidnapped in northern Niger by armed militants. Number two, according to Peter Smith in today's PG, Bishop Jim Hobby has resigned as head of the Anglican Diocese of Pittsburgh at the request of a diocesan committee over his response to, quote, a very serious pastoral matter. Mm-hmm. Neither his statement nor those of the diocesan standing committee and the denomination's archbishop gave a more specific explanation of the situation. So Jim Hobby was the replacement for Bishop Duncan, right? The first That's Anglican correct. Yeah, Bishop. Number three. In a blazing second-half comeback, the Pittsburgh Steelers triumphed over the Baltimore Ravens yesterday in a contest worthy of the decades-long rivalry between the two teams. Despite a mostly lackluster first half, and that's really the nicest way I could put it. I'd say so, sure. And the injuries of Tyson Alualu and Cam Hayward. Boy, weren't both of them scary. The Steelers did what they had to do to win. Boom. In Baltimore. Boom. Making the weekend glorious for every member of Steeler Nation far and wide. Very tense, but very entertaining. And number four, after what seems like decades, but was actually just years of campaigning, Election Day 2020 is tomorrow. 
President Trump and former VP Biden traversing the country and focusing on the swing states, Pennsylvania being a major player. John has already voted, but Mike and I are readying our coats, gloves, long underwear and portable snacks for tomorrow's trip to our local polling places. Hope you are as well. It's a big day for America and most particularly for Western Pennsylvania. So get out and vote. Very good. And that Excellent. is your top four. four. Well, that's great. Okay, so we always check in with Greg Clugston, who joins us from SRN News, Salem Radio Network News. Now, Greg has been really doing the stalwart work. He has been with the president as the president crisscrosses the country the final day, the final few stops the president's been on. So uh, right now, let's go to uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, where the president is about to speak, and Greg Clugston is with the president. Greg? John and Kathy, good afternoon from across the state. I'm checking in from Scranton, where President Trump is holding the second of five rallies on this final day of campaigning. He has shifted into high gear with increased travel and a marathon of rallies in these closing days. Yesterday was also a five-rally day. We started yesterday in Wintry, Michigan, went to Iowa, made stops in North Carolina and Georgia, and then we closed out the day with a massive rally in steamy South Florida. At this point, the main focus of these rallies is to capture the energy of the president's supporters and boost turnout tomorrow on Election Day. Republicans emphasize that turnout will be key in several states where Democrats lead in early in-person and absentee voting. At each of these rallies, the president insists that his poll numbers are looking good, yet he's imploring supporters to make sure and get out and vote so that his predicted red wave of Republican votes are cast tomorrow. And as you guys well know, Pennsylvania is a critical state for both the Trump and the Biden campaigns. Biden has focused on Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and other parts of western Pennsylvania these past couple of days. And on Saturday, the president made a day-long visit to the state holding four campaign events. So here we are once again in Pennsylvania with the president making a final pitch to white working-class voters in Scranton, which, of course, is where Biden was born. From here today, we go to Traverse City, Michigan, then Kenosha, Wisconsin, and a final stop back in Michigan in Grand Rapids. Tonight's late-night finale in Grand Rapids is a replay of Trump's final stop on Election Eve 2016 as he closes out the campaign. Of course, the question now is, will the race be over tomorrow night? Yesterday, the president told us that his team is already preparing legal challenges. He said, as soon as the election's over, we're going in with our lawyers. The president is unhappy about the counting of mail and absentee votes here in Pennsylvania, as well as a few other states. The president said it's terrible and very dangerous that the Supreme Court is allowing some states to count ballots received after Election Day. He said waiting many days to learn the results of the presidential election is both unfair and also opens the door to election fraud. So now with the campaign season winding down, we wait for the results and the possibility of a prolonged period of uncertainty. More than 93 million people have already voted, and it could take longer than usual for elections officials to finalize results. It has been a long, strange, interesting, unprecedented campaign in this age of coronavirus with two vastly different candidates slugging it out for the presidency. John and Kathy, that's the latest from the campaign trail. Thanks for letting me join you from Scranton. 
Uh, Greg, the pleasure is ours. Truly long, strange, and interesting. Mm -hmm. Truly, that has been this campaign during the era of COVID. Uh, You could hear the president in the background and the supporters cheering. So the president uh, in Joe Biden's childhood backyard in Mm -hmm. Scranton, Pennsylvania. I mean, uh, I can't imagine. Kathy, I mean, when you look at uh, the president's travel schedule, how does any gotta be person exhausted. listen? How can a human being do that? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just it's, it is so demanding. Holy smokes! I mean, it is really super. He has got an energy level that is shocking. Really, yeah, really, truly is. I mean, just grinding away, yeah. stop after stop after stop after stop. So, God bless him. I mean, uh, a few things are as more more a fraught with anxiety than the fourth down of a Steelers drive. But I think tomorrow <laughs> will be that. <laughs> and it may be that for the next week or so. Who knows oh, what we can expect? Gosh, I hope that we know tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Definitively, I'm not, I'm not planning on it. I'm not planning on it, but I just want, I just hope we do. I right. hope we do. I agree. Yeah. You got snacks planned for tomorrow? Um, I, you know, these things, Things are usually so unpleasant. And as you said, fraught, I like mm, that word, um, with anxiety that it makes me kind of sick. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to like, you know, I might have like a, an energy drink or two on hand. An because, energy? Well, look, if it like, remember the last time, remember, you know, 2016, I mean, I watched that thing until Listen, you and I, you and I were all over it. Oh Listen, my gosh. How about the, the Bush Gore thing? I mean, oh. I was up. I, I I never went to sleep that night. No. So I'm I'm telling you, you know, uh, I don't want to go to bed. So I might, you know, sort of invest in a little Red Bull, election night Red Bull. Listen, Mike, can you imagine John on Red Bull? <laughs> I mean, that's just, I feel like it's a mistake. <laughs> you I just got to be prepared. That. That's all. Anyway, <laughs> let us take a break. We come back. Okay. So we are going to focus next on peace and wisdom. Why do you think we need those two things? Because <laughs> well, they're in short supply right uh... now, it feels. Pastor Kurt Bjorklund, Senior Pastor at Orchard Hill Church, will join us. Peace and wisdom next and always here on The Word FM, right on. 101.5 WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. When you and I come to open God's Word, we have to be attentive. And let me tell you why. When the Word of God is open and the Word of God is preached, every single person who hears it, God has something to say to you. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight, and suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction. The hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. 
To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. This is time that matters, a window of time to help protect the ones you love. Your preteen benefits from staying up to date with their well visits. This is your window of protection. Schedule their well visit now. Brought to you by Merck. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that moment in time, her life changes forever. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. Social networks prove invaluable in emergency response when you're caught in a crisis and need to get the word out to everyone. The Christian Emergency Network can not only help you stay connected socially in times of crisis, but they can also help you connect before a crisis and have a response group ready to respond. Start the social network by completing the free readiness profile on ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org and then begin building your own social network for emergency response at ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org. People are amped up. People are wild. I mean, seriously, you would think that, you know, an atomic bomb is ticking down. That's how freaked out people are. So, again, always, as believers, our response has to be different than the rest of the world. I mean, we got Jesus, for goodness sake. So where's wisdom? Where is peace as we get ready to go to the polls tomorrow? Pastor Kirk Bjorklund is back with us. Kurt is the senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. And uh, Kurt, wisdom and peace, it's in short supply, but it's never too far away. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yeah, these uh, are certainly, uh, every time there's an election, there's a lot of hype, but it certainly seems as if uh, this election has driven people to even further levels of anxiety over what's happening or what might happen. And I think the COVID situation has added to that. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Kurt, it might seem like an obvious question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What are people afraid of? Well, certainly people are concerned that if their party or their views aren't in place, that, that the country will go in a very bad direction, whether it be economically, morally, or health-wise with, uh, with the coronavirus, which is obviously tied to the economy as well. And I think there's, there are a lot of people out there, and this sells, um, you know, it's clickbait, it sells airtime on TV if you have a big narrative that says, you know, this is the most elect- important election ever, and if the other side wins, you know, all these horrible things are going to happen. Um, and, and certainly... Some of that is not unfounded. Uh, sure. And so 
you know, it's not like you can just step back and say, well, that's just fear mongering purely. There are some things that, that hang in the balance that really do matter. And so, and so I understand when people are concerned, I think as, if somebody's a follower of Jesus, the, the issue becomes at some point coming to understand that God is not sitting around saying, oh my goodness, if one party wins and not the other, my, my purposes are thwarted. And that God is not in any way um, limited by what happens in an election cycle. And, and sometimes that's hard to remember because people, and I've heard it from both sides of the political debate, tend to think that their side, their party, is one and the same with God's agenda for the nation. Right. And that's the problem, isn't it, Kurt? I mean, holy smokes, uh, you see it, I'm sure, whether it's in your own relationships or online. I mean, Christians are as bad just as the regular world. We're angry and contentious and divided as everybody else, which is, I guess, shocking, but maybe not unexpected um, what do you think about that? I mean, we're a poor witness, are we not? Well, it's it certainly, uh, I think there's a lot of people trying to um, break the mold that has been around for maybe a generation or longer, that Christians are one and the same with the, with the political right. And so they're, they're kind of coming out and saying, we're not with this. And so even just this last week, I think you saw, or two weeks ago, John Piper came out with an article why he couldn't vote for yeah. Donald Trump. And then Wayne Grudem came out with a thing on why he thinks that's really the only Christian response. Now, they did that in a way that was very civil. They have a lifelong mm-hmm. friendship and and are both you know people who have had large followings for a long time. Um, but a lot of times what happens is people can't respectfully disagree because if they take one position or the other, they get so locked into this, this is the way it is, that there's no possible way to see anything from the other side. And, and I think that's really one of the things that has become so toxic, not just in the church, but in the culture. Jesus in uh, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 has this thing about do not judge or you will be judged, you know, the measure you, the way you judge, you'll be judged by that same measure. And people, I I used to say that used to be people's favorite verse, um, because they used to say, don't judge me. Jesus says, don't judge. And that's kind of what people are hanging to. But certainly today, um, people still like that when it applies to them. But but it seems as if everybody has an opinion about what everyone else should think, believe, Mm -hmm. or do. And if you don't, then you're seen as being bad or stupid or morally compromised or somehow not with God. And, and what it does and, and why that fails, at least in part, is it puts us kind of like we're saying it's me and God against you or me and my version of good against you and you're the bad one, rather than saying I'm bad, you're bad, we're all sinful, we all need a Savior, and we're together, and God is is the one who comes toward us in the person of Jesus Christ to to give us salvation. And when that becomes our controlling rubric, then what we're able to do is say, I disagree with you completely. I think you're wrong on this, and here are my reasons. But I don't think that you're stupid or immoral um, any more than I'm stupid or immoral, um, because we're all people in need of grace. And so it's possible that I'm wrong in how I see this. 
Um, that doesn't mean that I think I am or that I'm conceding something, but, but there's a mindset shift that can change the way that we interact with people when we disagree. Hmm. Isn't it difficult, Kurt? I can't imagine your position as a pastor. I just can't imagine it. Maybe we can, you know, talk a little bit about that before you leave the air like we did last time. But, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, I have two good friends who um, worshiped together in a church together for a long time. I mean, like over a decade. And they both posted uh, a, a separate things on social media that were so harsh. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, what they said was really poisonous. Um, and it was, it was aggressive and it was, uh, there was no opportunity for there to be any other opinion, but theirs that was morally, uh, okay. And I thought to myself, you know, these are two people that know each other. I mean, I know both of them, they know each other. And I thought, I want, like, if I could drag them into that church where they worship together and, like, put them at the front of the church and had them imagine this group of people out there that I know they love. You know, these are people who they served alongside for years, and half of those people agree with them and the other half don't. And I just, I wonder if there, if, I wonder what, if there's any saving those relationships at this point, I guess is my question. Well, there's always hope to save the relationships, but the the challenge is that people have, and I think it's been worse through this COVID thing because you're more isolated, and people are reading and listening to reinforcing viewpoints rather than anything that's contradictory to what they think, and so it becomes almost an echo chamber of I'm always hearing the same opinions, the same thoughts, and so I can get to the point where you just say, I, I can't see how anybody would see this differently who, who has any ounce of, of sense. And when we're isolated and living from our homes on screens rather than in actual relationships, it's much easier to, mm-hmm. to have ideological isolation rather than, than um, you know, when you work with somebody who has a different view and you talk to them day in, day out, it helps you to understand where people come from and to say, this is somebody who cares about things and has been thoughtful, even if I disagree completely with where they, they come to. And that certainly you would hope would be true in church, but what's happening is people are more and more wanting a church to be like the places that they get their news, meaning they want it to be a place that reinforces what it is they already believe. And so that everyone who's part of that church thinks exactly like them rather than being in a place that has some diversity of thought and background and a commonality around worshiping God and around who Jesus Christ is. And uh, instead it's, well, I want everyone here to agree with me on these, you know, seven issues that I think are really important. And that's been a, that's been a substantial change that's been coming for a while. Uh, I don't think that's new, but, but the, the current situation is making that much more um, obvious within our culture. 
Kurt Bjorklund is with us. He's the senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. Orchard Hill today is heard every day here on Word FM. Uh, Kurt, okay, so in the midst of all this rancor, and as you know, Kath alluded to, I'm sure it's difficult to be a pastor in today's uh, landscape, and not that it's not different or difficult any other time, but where is your peace here? I mean, obviously, you're a man of Christ, you're praying, but you, you got to go and find a place to talk about peace, to be a peaceful person, and to pass that peace along. Yeah, well, certainly you have to look beyond the current circumstances to who God is and his character and be able to say, if I know God's character, then I don't have to be uh, anxious about everything that's happening. I mentioned the Sermon on the Mount, the passage right at the end of chapter 6, there's the whole thing where Jesus says, do not be anxious. And then he says, look at the birds and look at the flowers of the field. And when he says, look at the birds, he's basically saying they don't gather, they don't sow or reap, and yet they always have enough. And so often what we're concerned about is our security, saying, will I have enough? Will I make it? Will the country be okay if this election goes the other way? Will the economy be okay? If the economy tanks, will I be okay? And Jesus basically says, Look at the birds. You're more valuable than the birds. You can trust my character because I will give you the security that you really need. And then the flowers, which is his next analogy, is really um, talking about clothes, um, which is kind of funny uh, because when you think about it, he says, you know, our, our Solomon was adorned, and even he, in all of his splendor, wasn't like this. And what happened in that culture is people would as they got more and more wealth, they would buy more and more clothes to show their status, their, their significance. And I kind of laugh at that and think, can you imagine that there was once a culture so shallow that they would buy clothes to try to uh, <laughs> you know, shocking, mark their really, status? Isn't it? It, it's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yet that's Jesus' way, I think, of, of saying even in that culture, you know, you worry about how you're going to be seen and perceived. And and then he says the same thing he says about the birds, but I adorn the flowers and you're more valuable. Mm-hmm. And, and so to have peace or a lack of anxiety or worry, we have to keep coming back and understand something about the nature of God and the nature of our worry. Why do we worry about these things? Because we don't trust God to, mm-hmm. to, to, to provide what it is that we think we need. And, and what's hard about that is if you go to First Peter chapter 5, where it says... Um, uh, cast your anxieties onto the Lord because he cares for you. Uh, we often quote that, but the verse right before that says, humble yourself in the presence of God. And I think the tie is a lot of times we, we think we know what we need. And so we cast our anxieties onto God saying, well, God, you need to do this in order to take care of me, rather than saying, God, I'm just handing this to you. And however you want to resolve this, deal with this work in this, you really do know better. And that's, that is the, the issue. Um, I certainly have an opinion on this election and think that a certain result is better, but I also want to step back and say, but I don't know what God knows, and I need to trust that God has a hand on this country that that may not look like I prefer it to look, but is ultimately um, good in his plan. Kurt Bjorklund from Orchard Hill Church in uh, the Wexford part of town and also all over. Um, Before you leave us, Kurt, talk about the all over. Talk about the other places where people meet under the umbrella of Orchard Hill and how that's all going. Yeah, we have a campus in the Strip District uh, downtown and a campus in Butler as well as a campus in Wexford. And so, uh, yeah, right now all of the campuses are 
seeing people really return to in-person worship. Um, We're still, we're still a ways from where we were pre-pandemic. And what we've tried to do is just say to people, you know, whenever you're ready, we're going to have hopefully multiple options for how you can re-engage. And so we have some services that are mask expected required. All of our services are doing social distancing. Then we have some where, where people come in, they wear their mask, and then when they're socially distanced, they may take their mask off. And so we've tried to 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 work with different um, kind of preferences that people have, uh, again, and give them options to, to do that. And we're able to do that a little bit because we have the infrastructure to provide uh, several options. But, uh, but certainly... Uh, we're seeing people, yeah, begin to come back, and mm-hmm. we're anticipating even more. We've actually uh, began right when this whole process started. We had planned to do a renovation to our worship center at our Wexford campus, and so our worship center has actually been shut down this whole time, and it's supposed to open in the beginning of December. So that's that's kind of been a interesting little timing where if ever there was a time not to have our biggest room. Um, this was probably the time and, uh, and it's really going to be just a beautiful space to worship and we'll provide a lot more opportunity even for social distancing. Fabulous. Well, that's really good news. Kurt, thanks an awful lot. Mm -hmm. We always appreciate your presence here, uh, your calm demeanor and your wisdom and your peace-like attitude. We just really greatly appreciate it. So thanks again. Have a great afternoon. Kurt Bjorklund, Orchard Hill Today, The Church. The program airs 4 a.m., 9.30 a.m. daily. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. Donald Trump never speaks softly. He speaks boldly as the voice for the voiceless, defending the unborn, the strongest pro-life president in history. He speaks forcefully, protecting the persecuted here and around the world, and for our right to freely practice our faith. He speaks unapologetically, nominating a historic number of judges who will defend our God-given constitutional rights. Joe Biden and the radical left want to continue the Obama-Biden policies that forced immoral values in our homes and schools and support abortion up until the moment of birth. They've attacked President Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, for her faith. And Biden wants to rig the Supreme Court, taking away our constitutional rights. Donald Trump speaks for us, boldly leading the way. He's never let us down and never will. I'm Donald Trump, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Donald Trump for President Inc. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. 
Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit J.D. Waterproofing.com. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. A burning issue worthy of public discussion across America is expanding the Supreme Court. Our government was designed to have three independent branches for an effective system of checks and balances. Court expansion would undermine the independence of the judiciary branch and make it a political arm of the legislative branch with partisan results. Watch a new video on the critical importance of the Supreme Court in ending abortion. Visit lifeissues.org and click on the top banner. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. It will be clear and windy tonight with a low of 34. Mostly sunny skies expected for tomorrow with a high of 53. Tomorrow night, clear skies with a low of 40. Wednesday, sunny skies with a high of 63. Wednesday night, clear skies with a low of 44. Thursday, partly sunny and nice with a high of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Hey, do not be caught off guard when you go to the polls. Of course, we're going to choose more than the president. Know which candidates for other offices are on your ballot, as well as any local referendum questions by using the voter guide at wordfm.com. Lots of links to help you be well-informed. Just click the voter guide link at wordfm.com forward slash vote. Of course, that's happening tomorrow, in case you were wondering. What? There's something going on tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, uh, listen, uh, of course, we're here at uh, 101.5 Word FM, but we uh, are, the three of us, Kath and Mike and I, I, and what I would imagine you as well, a radio geek. You tune in and listen to live radio. And, you know, we sort of take it for granted. But the fact of the matter is, it really is, it feels like a miracle in some ways that, you know, our voices are floating through the air over the wireless, right? We are not wired in. And then it finds its way into your car or your kitchen or wherever you happen to be. Well, we have to nod and acknowledge that KDKA here in the city of Pittsburgh today, 100 years ago, broadcast radio for the first time. The presidential election returns between Warren G. Harding and James Cox and Frank Conrad, who I'll claim as a man who grew up in Swissvale, moved to Wilkinsburg because he wanted a bigger garage to conduct his radio experiments. <laughs> uh-huh. And then from Wilkinsburg, he made his job. He was a self-taught engineer. Frank Conrad dropped out of school in the seventh grade, but was such a brilliant man, became this self-taught engineer and essentially created radio. I mean, of course... You know, Marconi was around for a long time, all these different theories and all, but he was the man who put the application into process. So from a building in the East Pittsburgh area here in the city of Pittsburgh, radio 
went to the airwaves for the first time on this date. And thanks to the Joseph Horns Company, the downtown department store, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of crystal radio sets were sold. So people at home for the first time could listen in on their own radio sets in the comfort of their own home. Radio today began 100 years ago. Fabulous. It's my first love. Mine too. Yep. I like it way better than TV. Mm-hmm. I like it better than podcasts. I like, I just, I've always loved radio. You know, I come from a family of people who loved radio. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So I don't know. There's not, there's nothing like live radio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a hundred years ago today, everything seemed completely different. But in the intervening years, I think of so many radio hosts that I grew up listening to. I think of, uh, you know, Jack Bogut. Mm. Um, I think of John Cigna yeah, and uh, Lynn Cullen and I don't know, it made, Doug me, Hirth. it made me think of who my favorites were. Yeah. And because you got, get to know people, yeah, right? Right. And you mentioned uncle Dougie. I got to put Doug Hirth at the top of my list. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know. You, there's so many people. It's kind of hard to put somebody at the top of your list. Right. But I remember being a kid and, you know, sitting and listening in the mornings to KDKA and, you know, it just felt like a warm cup of tea and a piece of toast. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it just felt like home and that's right. how it should be. Right. The radio is a friend, a companion in good times and bad. Okay. So just a couple of your favorites. I know you say it's hard to say who your favorites are, but I'm going to well, ask Well, I think it has are. to be Jack Bogut okay. because, you know, as a young boy sitting in the kitchen, you know, on a cold winter's morning, the, the friend and the companionship and the most of all, the humor, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was such always a good natured presence in the morning. So whatever mood you were in, Jack Bogut had you covered. So he is, he's my hero. And I love that Jack Bogut is still alive today. Right. I would, I mentioned uh, Doug Hirth. I would say, what about um, Michael Medved, who was on this network for oh, yeah. a long, long time? Um, I think Michael's excellent. Jerry Boyer, one of the greatest talk show hosts I ever heard. Yeah. Um, Merkel and Dixon. Oh, sure. Merkel and Dixon. I mean, those um, are funny guys. Even the guys from DVE, right. super funny guys, right. right? I don't know. I mean, it's just radio is one what of about this? What about the sports guys like Myron Cope? Loved Myron. And Bruce Kyden. Yep. Um, and the weird thing is, you know, the radio thing is when you would love somebody, like just to hear their voice on the air and then see them in person, me as a young kid, I'd get super excited. Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah, there was Listen, a guy. When, when I met Myron Cope the first time, I thought I was oh, going to pass out. So geeked out. Remember, you don't remember this. Uh, there was a radio talk show host back in the 70s. His name was Ted Payne. Hmm. And I love Ted Payne. I mean, he was erudite and easy and, you know, just a funny, sweet, really knowledgeable presence. When I met Ted Payne for the first time, I got super excited. Mm. And that was like sort of like first brush with celebrity. Yeah. You know? What about um, Phil Music? Oh, Phil, what a great. And Phil Music was like a sports writer. I know. And then, and then second career became a great radio guy. I know. Yeah. I mean, isn't that great? Sure I is. just, yeah. I love, I st- and today, you know, I, I still listen to Medved every day. I, lo- I love, uh, I love Joe Starkey and Ron Cook. Um, I like people who are writers first and yeah. end up in radio. I think that that's, you know, a really wonderful crossover. I love Hugh Hewitt, who's on this network in the mornings. Um, there's so many, it's too many to name, but happy birthday radio. 100 years ago today. Let's take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk with Marilyn McIntyre in a little bit. Uh, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Straight ahead.
The Ride Home here with John and Kathy. WORD. Do you really want your kid to fit in with his or her peer group? Adam Griffin says maybe not. Because our culture is increasingly secular, one of the most important things for us to remember is to raise a Christian right now is not to raise a kid that's ready to be the most popular kid in school. It's ready to to stand up for what's right, even when nobody else wants to. Pointing our kids in the right direction spiritually. Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. This is Joe. Joe thinks he's seen it all. I've seen it all. Gold-encrusted pork chop? Seen it. Cat with a dog tattoo? Seen it. But when it comes to identity theft, Joe only monitors his credit and bank statements. Credit fraud? Seen it. He doesn't realize that with so much of his personal info out there, his identity could be at risk in ways he might never know about, like a new loan in his name or his personal info for sale on the dark web. Whoa, didn't see that coming. LifeLock helps detect and alerts you to a wide range of identity threats. If there's a problem, a dedicated U.S.-based specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock sees threats you could miss on your own. Oh, now I see what you mean. Right now, save up to 25% off your first year when you go to LifeLock.com and enter promo code SMART. Did you just say 25% off with promo code SMART? I did. Okay. Now I've seen everything. Today, everyone is expecting you to maintain a new level of clean, from customers and employees to students and staff. Cintas has the essential products and services to help you carry out cleaning protocols effectively. We'll keep you well-stocked with cleaning supplies, professionally laundered uniforms, and other essentials like face masks, hand sanitizer, and thermometers. Give everyone the confidence they need to keep coming back. Visit Cintas.com. And get ready for the workday. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So... Whatever it takes, go vote. Dr. Carl Truman is back with us. Dr. Truman is a regular guest on our show. He joins us from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College, where he teaches courses on the history of religious thought. Dr. Truman writes regularly for First Things, the magazine, and co-hosts a weekly podcast, The Mortification of Spin, for the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Dr. Truman is also an ordained minister in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, author of the soon-to-be forthcoming The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to the Sexual Revolution. Dr. Truman, welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And yourself? Very good. Always a pleasure to have you with us. It's great to be here. 
Carl, we're excited about your book. It's gotten so many kudos already, and I don't even know if it's even, they're even done printing it yet. So you must be thrilled with the advanced press. I am. I'm very excited. Uh, Rod Dreher did the foreword, and Rod is probably the best uh, publicity guy I've ever had. Yeah. Well, Rod's a good friend of ours. He's been on our show for years, and we, we always get such a kick out of him and always you know appreciate his writing as well. And that's how I actually – he told me about your book before I even heard it from you. So he is doing a very good job on that end. Very good. So, Carl, in, in your new work, you talk a lot about the sexual revolution and how it's molded us to where we are today. Can you speak about that? Because, you know, I mean, clearly we, we've just kind of swallowed everything hook, line, and sinker that – it's fluid and you can make up who you are and but it also informs what you talk about about the idea of selfhood so give us the central ideas behind this yeah the the origin of the book really was was in my curiosity as to how the sentence i am a woman trapped in a man's body has come to make sense not just for trendy intellectuals but for the ordinary man and woman in the street and uh, indeed not just come to make sense but come to be something that if you if you deny that it makes sense you're liable to be subject to opprobrium and accusations of, of hatred and bigotry so that was the the driving uh, impulse behind the book and really the argument of the book is that, that for that sentence to make sense a whole heap of other things have to have changed in the way we imagine the world to be and so really the sexual revolution is is the latest iteration of changes that have been going on in in how we understand what it means to be a human person, a human being for, for several hundred years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go back then. You know, as you said, every, you know, landmark decision, whether it's, you know, a, a cultural change or it's a, you know, Supreme Court decision or whatever it is, um, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. And it's based on many things that have gone on before. So take us back. Um, the, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to ask you to give a summation of the last, you know, 200 years. However, I think I'm going to ask you to give a summation of the last 200 years. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the story I tell can be broken in some ways into, into three sections. I think the first important move is that really from the, the mid-18th century onwards, human beings started to, to think of themselves in terms of their, their inner feelings. Uh, Genevan philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau and his heirs of the Romantics, the great poets, painters, musicians of the, of the late 18th, early 19th century, really placed a premium on feelings. That's where the real you resided. We might say the self became a psychological thing at that point. Uh, When we move to the late 19th, early 20th century, Freud, Sigmund Freud, sort of picks up on that idea, but he he gives it a specific twist. He kind of darkens it and says, yeah, it's true that it's that inner space that determines who we are. We we look inward to find out who we are, but it's, it's actually a very dark and sexual space. So what Freud does is he makes that inner voice, if you like, a sexual one. And then in the mid-20th century, that is is politicized, because if you think, uh, if who you really are is your inner voice, then freedom, political liberation, Mm -hmm. is really uh, you being able to express that in the public square, in a public setting, and be recognized and acknowledged and accepted for expressing that. So that's the sort of the... The overall story of the book, the self is psychologized, psychology is sexualized, and sex gets politicized. Hence, now, when we think of political liberation, we're never too far away from thinking about sexual liberation, whether it's feminism or LGBTQ stuff or whatever. 
Right. Okay. But, but Carl, I mean, it goes back since people have first walked the earth. I mean, people have always struggled with sex or sexual sins. So, I mean, is it just modern times with, you know, modern amplification of media and whatnot that has created sort of a, a fast forward to the quagmire of where we are now, where there is fluidity and all that? I think that, that you're right on one level, that yes, you, know, you go back through history, adultery has always happened, homosexual activity has always happened. I mean, the Iliad, one of the greatest uh, products of, of Western culture, the ancient Greek poem, is all about a man running off with somebody else's wife and the jilted husband pursuing him and, and laying siege to his city. So you know, sexual behavior and sexual uh, breaking of sexual taboos has been a perennial of, of human existence. What's different, I think, about today compared to the ancient world, or even the world of four, 400 years ago, is today we think that our sexual desires define our identity. You know, in, Greece, in ancient Greece, yeah, the ancient Greeks engaged in homosexual activity, but none of them thought that that was definitive of who they were. They weren't gay, if you like. They were people engaged in homosexual activity. The big difference today is that we see our sexual desires or to use the, the modern terminology, our sexual orientation, as actually determining who we are. Sex has become, if you like, a, a status of being, an identity, not an activity in which we engage. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a key point. Um, and the reason that it's impossible to really have the conversation um, in in a way that both sides hear each other is the fact that because identity has been linked to it, any type of objection you might ra- you might raise is all of a sudden hitting at the at the you know inner core of a, of who a person is. Absolutely, and this is why uh, Christians are in such a bind at this point because we 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 believe a, a religion that, that places certain restrictions on sexual activity and regards certain. Uh, sexual activity as, as beyond the pale, as illegitimate. So a Christian wants to say, you know, I, I disagree with, with homosexual activity, but the, the grammar and syntax of the culture in which we now operate hears that as, I deny the identity of somebody who engages in that activity. So we think we're objecting to behavior. What society hears is, is something really akin to a kind of racism, if you like, where we're refusing to recognize the identity of somebody, refusing to recognize who they really are. And that's why I think Christianity finds itself now in, in such a bind, because while we, we cannot compromise on our moral and ethical teaching about behavior and translate it into modern terms, that represents a denial of certain people's identity. Right. Mm-hmm. Dr. Carl Truman's with us from Gross City College. So then, Carl, speak into that bind, because really, I mean, we're, we're in a box, basically. And to be in that box, we look as though we are, you know, we're out of step. We're haters. We're yeah. just, you know, opposed to the culture, at, at, you know, in general. And because of that, we have no influence. We've lost a voice. Yeah, I think in many ways you're correct. We can certainly expect, I think, on, on the grand scale of things, that Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, will be increasingly marginal for precisely those reasons. Uh, If we're looking for signs of hope or a solution, I think they can only really be conceived of at a local level at this point. Um, You know, how can I convince that gay couple next door that I don't hate them? Well, if they they hear me speak about homosexuality, they're going to hear hate. But when they relate to me as a a human being, Mm -hmm. and they see me, you know, when I help 
you know, change a spare wheel on the car or something, when I invite them for dinner, when I ex- extend the hand of, of friendship and, uh, and community to them, then even though they may disagree with my views, I think that's the only way of sort of demonstrating that we're not doing this because we hate you as people. Uh, we're doing this because uh, belief in God requires that we regard certain behaviors as beyond the pale. Dr. Carl Truman, the new book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution, and we are just starting out. Carl, next time we talk, we'll get more into the book. Looking forward to it. This election, the lives of millions of unborn children are at stake. Joe Biden has promised to appoint liberal judges that will allow abortions to continue and increase. The Democrats have embraced radical pro-abortion policies that would let doctors perform abortions late into the third trimester, sometimes even after birth. That's right. Some Democrats have suggested that doctors should be allowed to perform abortions after a child is born. President Trump will fight to protect the unborn. He's appointing strong, conservative pro-life judges. And President Trump boldly reinstated the Mexico City policy, making sure our tax dollars don't go toward funding for abortions abroad. Millions of unborn children's lives are at stake. We must protect them. Vote in person November 3rd for Donald Trump. I'm Donald Trump, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President, Inc. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. So I was at the beach recently with family when this guy with a metal detector nearby hits treasure. His detector is beeping. He drops it and starts digging. And my four-year-old nephew loses his mind and has to go see the jewels that are about to be uncovered. So I walk over there with him, admittedly a little excited myself, just in time to see that the incredible discovery is an old, rusty zipper. Hey, it's Ryan. And while I'm unfortunately not a treasure hunter, our Faith and Family Mortgage Team has gotten really good at helping Word FM listeners uncover and cash out their own actual treasure. Home values have gone up significantly the last few years, leaving many families with the ability to cash out the equity buried in their home to use for life, like some home updates or paying off credit card debt or getting yourself a really nice metal detector to search for rusty zippers. We our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Afternoon. An 
earthquake happened Friday afternoon, not too far from Istanbul in Turkey. Now, this uh, earthquake has killed 93 people mm. in Turkey and Greece, a 7.0 earthquake. So it was a pretty big, powerful earthquake. So 65 hours after the fact, of course, rescue crews are going in. And here's the really amazing thing. A firefighter reached down to wipe some dust off a little girl's face who was trapped for three days under the rubble. Now, he saw her, saw this little face lying there motionless, assuming the child was dead. But as he wiped away the dust, all of a sudden, her eyes fluttered and an arm reached forward to the firefighter. The firefighter says that he burst out crying and they started to dig down in to extract the girl who was trapped underneath. Her shoulder was trapped uh, under the rubble. And, of course, she was pulled up. Now, all indications, she will survive. She's been deeply dehydrated, has a broken bone. But that's good news in the midst of tragedy. Oh, my gosh, John. Can you imagine? So, in the midst of our own personal what creation here today with the election, people around the world still need prayer, right? So we take the focus off of ourselves and pray for those who are in deep need. Pray for peace. Pray for restoration. 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump and Democratic challenger Joe Biden making their closing arguments in a final day of campaign events a day before voters conclude the 2020 presidential election. Each man is arguing that he is the better fit to steer the nation. More than 93 million people have already voted. Massachusetts has issued a new series of measures aimed at curbing the rising number of COVID-19 cases in the state. This includes a revised stay-at-home advisory, earlier closing times for many businesses, and a tougher face-covering mandate. The new measure comes as the cases of the virus up 278% since Labor Day. Governor Charlie Baker also revised the state's mask mandate to require anyone above the age of five to wear a mask in public. Stocks closing higher, the Dow gained 423 points, the Nasdaq was up 46, the S&P ahead 40. This is SRN News. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen, and it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. There are many issues in this election, but without life, nothing else matters. Sadly, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to take over America and deny the most basic right to life to unborn babies. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want abortion until birth, and they want you to pay for it with your tax dollars. 
Joe Biden should never be president, and Kamala Harris should never be vice president. Donald Trump and Mike Pence fight to protect unborn babies. Donald Trump and Mike Pence support laws to keep your tax dollars from paying for abortion. And Donald Trump and Mike Pence support laws to protect unborn babies from painful late dismemberment abortions. Unborn babies can't vote, but you can. Be a voice for the voiceless in this election. Vote for life. Vote for Donald Trump and Mike Pence for president and vice president. Paid for by the National Right to Life Victory Fund at nrlvictoryfund.org. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. NRL Victory Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. We know nothing shows you've had a good night's sleep quite like a serious case of good old bedhead. When you wake up and your hair is sticking up at all angles and you can't quite remember what year it is, that's how you can be sure you got the rest you really needed. The Original Mattress Factory is a proud supporter of bedheads everywhere. Share a picture of your best bedhead on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag Original Bedhead for the chance to win a $1,000 gift certificate to the Original Mattress Factory. Visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory location for more information. It will be clear and windy tonight with a low of 34. Mostly sunny skies expected for tomorrow with a high of 53. Tomorrow night, clear skies with a low of 40. Wednesday, sunny skies with a high of 63. Wednesday night, clear skies with a low of 44. Thursday, partly sunny and nice with a high of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along on the 5 o'clock hour of the Monday edition. It's cold, isn't it? It was. Mm. Uh, did you get snow? Yes. How about that? I couldn't believe it. You <laughs> I guys. liked it, actually. I, I, kinda, it, oh. I laughed. I smiled. Oh, I mean, you gosh. know. Gosh. I just, I mean, I'm not... I love Pittsburgh so much. Go Steelers. Mm. But man, I hate this climate this time of year. Eh, you know, I mean, after all this time, I guess we should just be used to it, right? Yeah, you're right. The heck. Anyway, uh, listen, of course, uh, tomorrow is the election day. Uh, if you don't know that. Then where have you been? You've been somewhere in a coma for the last 10 years or I don't know, living somewhere else. But um, listen, every Monday, we really are excited because we go to the White House, where Salem Radio Network News reporter Greg Clugston joins us. Now, Greg is in Scranton. The president is crisscrossing uh, at least the northeast part of the uh, country here. And Greg has been so kind to give us a live update. Mike, uh, we've got uh, Greg on the line. Let's go there now. Hey, Greg, thanks for being with us. John and Kathy, good afternoon from across the state. I'm checking in from Scranton, where President Trump is holding the second of five rallies on this final day of campaigning. He has shifted into high gear with increased travel and a marathon of rallies in these closing days. Yesterday was also a five-rally day. We started yesterday in Wintry, Michigan, went to Iowa, made stops in North Carolina and Georgia, 
And then we closed out today with a massive rally in steamy South Florida. At this point, the main focus of these rallies is to capture the energy of the president's supporters and boost turnout tomorrow on Election Day. Republicans emphasize that turnout will be key in several states where Democrats lead in early in-person and absentee voting. At each of these rallies, the president insists that his poll numbers are looking good, yet he's imploring supporters to make sure and get out and vote so that his predicted red wave of Republican votes are cast tomorrow. And as you guys well know, Pennsylvania is a critical state for both the Trump and the Biden campaigns. Biden has focused on Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and other parts of western Pennsylvania these past couple of days. And on Saturday, the president made a day-long visit to the state holding four campaign events. So here we are once again in Pennsylvania with the president making a final pitch to white working-class voters in Scranton, which, of course, is where Biden was born. From here today, we go to Traverse City, Michigan, then Kenosha, Wisconsin, and a final stop back in Michigan in Grand Rapids. Tonight's late-night finale in Grand Rapids is a replay of Trump's final stop on Election Eve 2016 as he closes out the campaign. Of course, the question now is, will the race be over tomorrow night? Yesterday, the president told us that his team is already preparing legal challenges. He said, as soon as the election's over, we're going in with our lawyers. The president is unhappy about the counting of mail and absentee votes here in Pennsylvania, as well as a few other states. The president said it's terrible and very dangerous that the Supreme Court is allowing some states to count ballots received after Election Day. He said waiting many days to learn the results of the presidential election is both unfair and also opens the door to election fraud. So now with the campaign season winding down, we wait for the results and the possibility of a prolonged period of uncertainty. More than 93 million people have already voted and it could take longer than usual for elections officials to finalize results. It has been a long, strange, interesting, unprecedented campaign in this age of coronavirus with two vastly different candidates slugging it out for the presidency. John and Kathy, that's the latest from the campaign trail. Thanks for letting me join you from Scranton. Well, Greg, certainly the pleasure is ours. Thank you for joining us. Greg I mean, Clarkson. I don't know how those people are keeping up that schedule. Boy, it's just a wild, I mean, isn't it? I mean, really look, something. look, the president was here in, in Pittsburgh or in Butler. Mike, what'd you say? Was it 60,000 people? 56,000 people. Uh, I'm, wow. I'm seeing some numbers that, yeah, around 60,000. Uh, but I think the, the closer number is 56. But still. Holy smoke. That's crazy. a lot of people, Holy man. Cow. Well, yeah. believe me, that's a lot more people than you're finding in Heinz Field these days. Huh? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, when you hear the president talk about that, about the red wave, I mean, you can't deny that, right? right. And so whether the polls are correct or not, there's a lot of people who are still holding their cards close to the vest. And it'll be really interesting and very exciting what's about to take place. So pray for peace. Pray for some wisdom. Um, I voted on Saturday. Yes. Now, so this is where we've diverged. We have. Is I decided that I was going to, by hook or by crook, mm-hmm. vote in person. Yeah. And um, Mike, you were uncertain for a while, but you are now also voting in yes. person. Yes. That's right. And John, you decided that you did not want to chance all the crazy people coming out on election. Day. Well, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I quite honestly, I, I couldn't afford to spend two or four or however many hours in line as right. much as I want to do my civic duty in person. So uh, about a month or so ago, I, I uh, reached out for a mail in ballot okay. and it came to my house. It's been sitting here. 
And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to sort of hold that as an insurance policy. But then as we get closer to the, uh, the election day, I got a little, started to get a little antsy. So I thought, well, I'm just going to fill that out. And so I did. And on Saturday, I drove downtown. I went to uh, 542 Forbes Avenue in downtown Pittsburgh, which is the uh, Allegheny County uh, Voters Bureau. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I was impressed by how well things were put together. You know, I, um, I just drove past Forbes Avenue. I, I drove up to the, and I just kind of wanted to see what I was walking into. And there were, you know, the um, metal barriers up where they sort of had a funnel sort of built in. So I just drove slowly and went back around and found a free parking space downtown that they had set aside for the voters. I parked, I walked back another block and there were guys outside, you know, waving, they had their masks on, come on in, you got your ballot, come on in, went inside, somebody come on over here, went up to a counter, I handed my ballot to a guy. He said, hold on, let me take a look. Okay. You signed it. Did you put, the one envelope inside the envelope with your ballot inside. Yes, I did. Your address is this. Yes, it is. Your name is this. Yes, it is. Okay, friend, you're good to go. I watched him put it into a box. He said, you want a voting sticker? I said, yes. May I take two? Yes, you may. Mm-hmm. Walked out the door. I was good to go. Literally door to door from my house to completing the vote back home again, half an hour. Oh my gosh. That's fabulous. And then today I got an email from the government, dear Jay Hall, your ballot has been received by Allegheny County. Your ballot status has been updated to reflect your official ballot. Please note you are no longer permitted to vote at your polling place. Now that you have returned your ballot, if you have questions, call the Allegheny County Voting Bureau at this number. Thank you. Boom. All completed. Wow. I'll tell you, that restores any of my anxiety. It restores my confidence and gets rid of my anxieties about that. I agree. It's really good. You know, um, you and I both read the dispatch on a daily basis, and they did a similar set of stories today. But instead of talking to people who voted, they talked to election officials from different states. And boy, hearing each one of those people talk about how much time and attention they put into the organization of it, it helps me to understand why your experience as the voter was so good, because so many other people tried to figure out the very best way to let people do what you did. Exactly. Now, of course, you hear the weird story of, you know, hey, they found some ballots here or what, whatever. Now, I, I chose not to mail my ballot in. I chose to go there in person, which I think is the big difference here, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that, for that, you know, who's ever those powers that be who are behind local voting and, of course, national, let's they hope that it all goes as smoothly as yeah. my experience has been. Right. Right. And we all have to remember to be either gracious winners or gracious losers, right? Yes, Depending on whatever it is, because Jesus is still on the throne. And as important as this is, this is, you know, this is still an election of men. I'm into that. Hey, speaking of that, uh, you know, you don't want to be caught off guard when you do vote and go to the polls. You, you, you know, you, you're going to vote more than for more than the president of the United States. Right. So know what candidates for other offices are on your ballot. You can do so easily, right, from the comfort of your own home with the uh, voter's guide. Look online at wordfm.com. There are lots of links there to help you be a well-informed voter. Click the voter's guide link at wordfm.com forward slash vote wordfm.com forward slash vote let us take a break okay in these anxious times of which we are a part of whether they are manufactured or not uh, we should stay centered practice peace 
Dr. Marilyn McIntyre is going to talk about putting politics in perspective. That's next. The Ride Home on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Once I figured out, you know, it was a little boy, then I heard his heartbeat like I just cried. You guys helped me make my mind up. You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. Today, you can provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one or five or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today, 833-850-BABY, or go to wordfm.com. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley, 724-884-1496. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 936 That's 1-800-936-5496. Hey, this is Owen Strand with a quick word on the upcoming election. So much of what we care about is at stake. Religious liberty, all of our First Amendment freedoms, the cause of life and reliable judges, rule of law, even civil order. Make sure you're registered and prepared to vote, whether at the polling place or by absentee ballot. Our nation is at a crossroads, and every vote counts. Don't sit this election out. We've been called to put things into perspective, but a lot of us are just having a hard time doing this the day before the election. Well, Dr. Marilyn McIntyre is with us. Dr. McIntyre is award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, and uh, Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. Dr. McIntyre's latest book is called Speaking Peace in a Climate of Conflict. Marilyn, we need to hear that more Mm. than ever. Welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here always. Marilyn, people are amped up. 
<laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that you knew that that's what was happening. Okay. Holy smokes. <laughs> All right. So for someone who appears, and, you know, we've spent a lot of time together, the three of us, over the years, but never one time in person. I am assuming from your books that I've read and by being able to speak to you on a monthly basis that you are a relatively calm person by nature. Is this true? I think people who know me would probably describe me that way. Sometimes there's okay. more roiling going on inside than people see. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so when you're confronted with something like an election, it seems like, you know, it seems like a, a little tiny lamb, like meeting up with a, you know, cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most of us don't we feel like we're in the in the crossfire of forces that are just, have just gotten huge. Mm-hmm. Somebody called it a perfect storm. You know, the the urgent conversation around climate change, the political chaos and the pandemic together are layers of conversation that are really leaving people in places of unprecedented numbers of depression and um, confusion and hostility. Yeah, it's a mess. We're in a hard moment. Okay, so then we were talking about this, I think, on Friday's show, Marilyn, that, you know, Kathy made the assertion, we've talked about this, that, you know, as important as it is to vote for the president, and of course, we all should vote in the presidential election, you know, that the, the president himself or herself doesn't, you know, have the complete and absolute power that we ascribe, you know, to that person over our daily lives, that there are many other forces that are in play, even though we, you know, make this a gigantic, momentous thing in our lives. So can you speak to that? I mean, we see that as one thing, but in the bigger, in the bigger picture, it's not that big. Yeah, I think that one of the strategies that seems important to me to maintain perspective on what's happening is that looking at the presidential election, reading the news about the national news, about what's going on on a national front, that's one lens you can put in the camera. But you can also do the close-up view of what's going on locally, where school boards, for instance, are really making decisions that affect our daily lives. And Um, state governors and mayors and decisions being made at a county level about how to handle the pandemic behaviors. And so, and then there's what I think of as the cosmic lens, where we come back to a place of faith, not to escape politics, but just to back up enough to, you know, see it from the moon. Remember that picture of the earth from the moon? There's something very calming about that, (laughs) which is, Mm -hmm, yeah. We're on this tiny, fragile planet, and we've been sent here on a journey or an assignment. And the the God who created the planet and created us is holding it all. And I'm my hope is that when we get home, we'll know what this journey was about. But I think to back up and say this is a moment in human history, and this is a moment in national history. We've been through some really hard moments before. This could be a turning toward a dark chapter in our national life that's happened before too. And we all pray to be spared violence in the streets and civil war and all the horrific scenarios people have been painting. Mm. But I sometimes think that think globally, act locally can, that can be brought into our faith context and we can think about, think, think faithfully 
and act civically, you know. Think about mm-hmm. how God has given us our various vocations on earth and said, take this journey, I'll be with you. And then really getting practical about, okay, by what criteria do I vote for the person I think will be able to govern in a way that's fair? And we all develop our criteria. We need to develop them in safe spaces with communities we trust. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to me to be involved in a church life where people are not afraid to have a political conversation in church, because I don't think they're entirely separable. I think that the the decisions we make as voters have everything to do with how we understand what it is to live faithfully in the world. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. to talk about matters of what is most just, what is most equitable, what is, you know, most Christ-like, what would Jesus have done? People who apply that, of course, I'm not always sure we know what Jesus would have done. He surprised a lot of people, but (laughs) just bringing those questions into our political moment seems really important to me. That's really mm-hmm. good. Dr. Marilyn McIntyre, her latest book is called Speaking Peace in a Climate of Conflict. So Dr. Dr. McIntyre, the idea of having these conversations with people that we worship with, and, and of course, that's a, a very strong bond that if you don't attend church on a regular mm-hmm. basis, the idea of worshiping together, that does something to us individually and collectively. So yeah. the, the idea of being able to do that requires a sense of trust in each other that I, you know, I can speak to you and you can speak to me and I, you know, we're not going to go off on each other or we're not going to get angry or crazy or untoward. And I think that's really the key that for the most part, we don't trust our neighbor to do or, you know, to have our back in some way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that it's a time for people in church leadership to really step up to help have the meta conversation, which is, here's how we're going to do this conversation. Here's why the conversation will be difficult. The church we were worshiping at when, when uh, the war in Iraq started in 2003, did a remarkable job of getting together. I remember 43 people in one room in a huge circle and said, everybody is troubled about what's happening in Iraq this March. And we, and we did a Quaker process. It took time that every single it wasn't a Quaker church, but I like that process. Every single yes. person got to say one thing if they wanted to with no crosstalk. Just here's my concern and put it on the table. And then That's so good. Um, then there was a facilitator who said, we're going to ask questions and see if we can help people flesh out where their concerns are and why. And our main point here is not to resolve anything, just to listen so that we can go home and reflect on it and pray about it. It was just a beautiful process, and it was not without tension. There were significant political differences within that church. But I think we owe it to ourselves as the body of Christ to really step into that metaphor and say, okay, Mm -hmm. we are one body, and we're called into one faith with one Lord. And so what is that going to mean today in a practical way? It means that we really try to stay in relationship with one another. And I think it's good to acknowledge all the trigger words and to say there are a lot of loaded words in the conversation right now. And yes, and the trigger. So, and what trigger words do you observe? I think um, 
when people, well, obviously Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, you know, all of those labels, those are important. Mm -hmm. I think voter suppression is a term that if we want to examine what has been the history of voter suppression, where is that happening? You know, some people, all they're going to do is hear the, hear the term and think, okay, you know, <laughs> you fit in this box. Um, in the same way, uh, I think even a term like healthcare or immigration, if you name the policies or the whole constellation of things that are happening around those policy issues, is so loaded that let's just take the word immigration. Depending on where it falls in the sentence, people are going to already be having reactions before you finish your sentence. So that's where I think the meta conversation helps. Like, okay, we're going to, we're going to talk about a public issue that people have lots of concerns about. So let's just say that if our concern is immigration, here's what we're really talking about. We're talking about how we, um, safeguard our borders and how we really help people who need to take refuge and how we've done that historically and what needs to change now. But sort of opening up those terms so they're not just labels, they're really Mm -hmm. doors that open conversation. That's where the work lies. In sure, and that's right, and that that can be for everything from immigration to racism to mm-hmm. homophobia to you know any of those things, Marilyn, and all the you know, isms, I, right? Yeah, yes. all the isms, Marilyn. Thank you so much for bringing your calmness to our show on a monthly basis. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Our pleasure, and Dr. Marilyn. I, I wish you a peaceful tomorrow. Yes, we wish that yes. for you as well. Peace be with you. Her latest book is called Speaking Peace in a Climate of Conflict, Dr. Marilyn McIntyre. Peace be with us all. Next, does this make sense? Donald Trump never speaks softly. He speaks boldly as the voice for the voiceless, defending the unborn, the strongest pro-life president in history. He speaks forcefully, protecting the persecuted here and around the world, and for our right to freely practice our faith. He speaks unapologetically, nominating a historic number of judges who will defend our God-given constitutional rights. Joe Biden and the radical left want to continue the Obama-Biden policies that forced immoral values in our homes and schools and support abortion up until the moment of birth. They've attacked President Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, for her faith. And Biden wants to rig the Supreme Court, taking away our constitutional rights. Donald Trump speaks for us, boldly leading the way. He's never let us down and never will. I'm Donald Trump, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Donald Trump for President Inc. On today's episode of America's Least Wanted, the home invaders most likely to threaten your family are not human. Cockroaches can spread salmonella and trigger asthma attacks. Termites destroy billions of dollars in property each year. And stinging insects send half a million people to emergency rooms. Learn how to protect your family. Arm yourself with the facts at PestWorld.org. A public service announcement from the National Pest Management Association. John, I talked to my daughter today who's a student at Grove City, and uh, we were talking about her grades. You know, it's a little more than halfway through. Her midterms were last week, and I said, so, you know, how's it going? And she said, Mom, I had the greatest meeting with my guidance counselor. 
And I said, guidance counselor? It's not really a guidance counselor. It's like your advisor when you get to college, advisor, right? Yeah, right, right. And I said, what was so great about it? And she said, well, what I couldn't believe is like he was up to date on what I was doing. Like he knew how I was doing in each one of my classes. He knew the professors I had. He knew some of the things I'd talked to him about before. She said, I, all of a sudden, I felt like... I didn't have to go in and like tell him how things were going. He already knew how things were going. And so it was an opportunity for us to kind of get to know each other better. And I thought to myself, John, that's what I missed in my college experience. And that's what I'm so glad my kids are getting is that type of individualized attention that just as an adult reaching out to a student and saying, hey, I know where you are. Let's talk about it. That's powerful. So Grove City College, big enough to know it's a university and there's great intellectual stew there, but small enough that you're known by the people who are supposed to look out for you and shepherd you. Listen, both Kath and I, our kids go there. We love it. Look online for next year at Grove City College, gcc.edu. That is Grove City College. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. It will be clear and windy tonight with a low of 34. Mostly sunny skies expected for tomorrow with a high of 53. Tomorrow night, clear skies with a low of 40. Wednesday, sunny skies with a high of 63. Wednesday night, clear skies with a low of 44. Thursday, partly sunny and nice with a high of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. That music means it's time for Does This Make Sense? Now, this is a daily feature that we have created every day during this time. Kath and I delve into these deeper questions in life. Well, maybe not that deep. My Mine today is very deep indeed. I mean, the world is strange. And it oftentimes is. you kind of shrug your shoulders and go, wait a second. Does that make sense? And sometimes it does make sense. And most often it doesn't. Kath? Mm-hmm. The thing I'd like to bring up to you today, John, is this. Shower gel. Does it make sense? Now, to be honest, I've never <laughs> bought shower gel. However, okay. uh-huh. I've had teenage boys. Yeah. And when the Axe brand took hold, the Axe craze, I would think, the brand, right? Is right. it AX? It's, uh, it might be AXE. I'm not sure. Maybe. Well, anyway, that made an appearance in our shower. Mm. And so I was doing my regular shower routine. And then one day I reached down there and hit that little thing and pumped it and the gel came out and I put the axe on my body mm-hmm. and you know what I don't want to brag but I smell pretty darn good yeah. and I liked it uh-huh. now teenage boys move on from teenage to young men the axe has disappeared mm-hmm. I'm back to my regular soap but while it was here I think it made perfect sense I don't think it makes sense at all what? You know why? We have perfectly good soap in the world, and there's a <laughs> lot of it. Yeah. I, I don't trust what that is. What's in there? What's that? What's keeping all that liquid? It's the same thing in your soap, but it's just yeah. liquid form. No. Isn't it? What's, well, so it, it's supposed to be solid. It's not supposed to be liquid, John. Hmm. 
I say shower gel does not make sense. All right. Well, it's kind of funny you bring up personal grooming because I'm in the same way today. Oh, really? I was at my local CVS the other day, socially distancing from the person in line in front of me. And the woman who was purchasing had an extended conversation about hot wax to get rid of your eyebrows. And I thought, did that make sense? Right? You want to put hot wax on your body to rip off some Oh, hair? yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense, John. What? Yeah, the reason it doesn't make sense to you is because you're a man. I don't think so. I mean, oh, it's... yeah. I think waxing's fine. I think really? It's, I think it's... Yeah, let's just get the pain over with. Just... Really? Yeah. That sounds like a heck of a way to spend an evening, just putting hot wax all over your body and ripping the hair off. So to me, as a guy, the hot wax doesn't make any sense. And for those poor ladies in line of CVS, save your money. Does that make sense? W-O-R-D. God bless everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for all of next year? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contests. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Our smiles are still behind our masks. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Although some of the details of their appointment may look different, we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to. The same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care that they've really become accustomed to is still there. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. 
Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Dr. Bruce Bickle is with us, president and founder of Transformational Leadership Group. He retired from PNC Wealth Management as vice president and managing director for private foundation management services. Bruce is also, as he is wont to remind us, a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy and served as a fighter pilot in Southeast Asia and in the Vietnam War. Bruce, my friend, welcome back. Thank you, both. Both of you, it's good to be with both of you. Yeah, Bruce, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice. You know, these are really weird times uh, during the COVID. We've not seen you for a long time. And uh, I imagine like, you know, a lot of people, you're just sort of tucked away, living your life and trying to stay healthy. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. As I'm dealing with the Parkinson, that's something that keeps me active to try to manage all of that. So I've not been bored. I'm just not making a whole lot of progress, but I'm certainly not bored. Okay, that's good. Yeah, Bruce, the problem I think with all of us is none of us feel like we're making a whole lot of progress, right? <laughs> Well, that's true. But one thing I'm learning in all of this, if I can just speak to my personal experience, yeah. much of my life has been defined by two different activities. One is my physical athletic abilities, and secondly is my teaching and preaching abilities. Now, both of those have been removed. So what I'm left with is the fact that all of life is about relationships, not about activity. I can't do the things that I used to do that I thought would be important for the kingdom. Now I have to do other things because I can't do those things anymore. They've been removed. I'm just coming to the realization that the real crux of life is about relationship. It's not about doing things. It's about being someone. Well, Bruce, we're grateful for our relationship with you, which goes back a lot of years. And if those are the things that are going to sustain us and, and really count, then we feel fortunate to have known you all this time. We sure do. Well, thank you very much, Kat. That's very kind of you. So, Bruce, I'm learning that uh, one thing I've been thinking about a lot is what it means to be fearing God. Hmm. Now, I'm using the word fearing, meaning an everyday activity. It's something we need to do all the time and be thinking correctly about who God is, the God of biblical revelation, not the God of human imagination. I think a lot of people have their own view of God, who he is and what he should be doing. But when I'm just spending this time because I can't be fulfilled with activity and just beginning to study the scripture and say, what does it mean to have a, a reverence for and be in awe of God and all of his character, and have what I would call a holy, not a holy terror, but a holy constant awareness of who God is and all of his glory. And uh, that really has brought me to the point of realizing that all of life is about relationships, not about activity. Because I can't do the activity I used to, but I can sure maintain the relationships that God's been pleased to give to me. Yeah. So Bruce says uh, the summer is wound down and we're headed into the cold winter. You know, you look outside. I mean, it's easy to see just through through Mother Nature in many ways, the the power and beauty and God of God in that, right? The, the reverence of God in that. I mean, it's it's just overwhelming. Uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting summer for me because I spent a lot of time in my backyard and I see God everywhere. Um, can you speak to that? When you know now that you are limited physically, you're spending time internally thinking about God, praying to God, of course, relying on the relationships that you fostered all these many years. Talk about that that interchange of fear, uh, as we would imagine in America, 21st century lexicon, fear versus reverence. Well, 
reverence is based upon the character of who God is. And so one of the things I've tried to do is just discover more about his character rather than my anticipations of what he should be doing. I think oftentimes we think that God is a God of doing, and certainly he is. And his grace is sufficient for all things. But I think sometimes we just need to ponder who his being is, because that's where the relationship is about. It's about our relationship to his character and how that translates into our lives. And in a very practical way, one thing I'm trying to do here just in my neighborhood is just be a good neighbor. And the scripture talks a lot about just being a good neighbor. So the next door neighbor I see her raking her leaves, I go outside and try to help her rake her leaves. Now she's 80 years old. She can bend over and I can't. So I do the raking and she picks up the leaves and puts them in the sack. <laughs> it's a good partnership. So I'm just thinking, you know, rather than being an isolationist, I need to be a, a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I can just do that in my own neighborhood and just be gracious and kind to people. And that's all a reflection of holding God in reverence and holding God in awe of who he is and all of his majesty. Because all of life is about relationships. And so I'm thinking about, you know, what it means to be a peacemaker as opposed to be an agitator. Mm-hmm. Just in my own neighborhood, I want to be a peacemaker and how one can do that. But that comes as a result of fearing God, meaning that I hold him in high reverence in everything that I do and everything that he is and stand in awe of all the things that he permits me to do. So that's just been very helpful to me in a practical way, just to becoming a better neighbor. It's all a reflection of my understanding of holding God in high reverence because he's the author of all life and the, the sustainer of all relationships. So that means I need to hold those relationships in reverence and all for his glory. Talking to the Reverend Dr. Bruce Bickle. Bruce, um, isn't that an interesting thing about uh, not just your illness, but about COVID and all of our changed circumstances is that we're home more. And it's caused me to think of what a terrible neighbor I've been for most of the years I've lived in my house. Well, I think the more we understand fearing God, meaning holding him in reverence at all for who he is, that translates in our relationships because all of life is about relationships. Mm-hmm. And so we have a chance to practice the truth by just being a good neighbor whenever we can in just small, insignificant ways in the eyes of the world, but they're big in the eyes of God because they're a reflection of our reverence and all for who he is. So, Bruce, you spent a lot of years, you know, driving all over the place, being away from your house. Um, you probably weren't such a great neighbor either, only because you weren't at home a lot. That's true. Now I have a chance to change that. It's a new opportunity. We just need to seize the moment. And so I'm trying to be a peacemaker in my neighborhood as opposed to being an agitator. So, Bruce, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about um, the, uh, the verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. I mean, we live in an age where we certainly lack wisdom. We uh, chase after the wrong kind of knowledge. When you see the world uh, in the 21st century, it's things seem upside down, but I'm sure that's no surprise to God. We're just following along how man has always been, hasn't he? That's been man's nature. True nature has been that way. One thing I'm learning about fearing God on a daily basis is, am I practicing his sovereignty? In other words, do I really believe that God is in charge of all leaders? Leaders are appointed. They're not earned. They're, they're, God has ordained them. And can I really trust that? And so what I'm trying to do in my own thinking is subject to what's going on politically to something bigger than that, and that's the kingdom of God. And so I always need to subject my view of what's going on politically 
and submit that to the sovereignty of God and and then fear him in that and just rejoice in the fact that hold him in high reverence and awe for who he is in the midst of all of the political turmoil. And even in my neighborhood, when people start talking about that, the pros and cons of each of the candidates, try to be a peacemaker. And that Mm -hmm. means I need to talk about the sovereignty of God more than I do the political agendas. And Bruce, you know, you spent a lot of your life, you know, kind of on the uh, outskirts of the political world in the United States, and you have a lot of friends who've served in politics over the years. Um, it's really sad to see how we have declined in our ability to talk to each other uh, when it comes to political things. Uh, talk about how your view of the sovereignty of God has, I don't know, shaped how you look at politics. Well, I really don't look at politics very much. Hmm. I look at the character of God and say that, that when I need to proclaim the truth, and that means I need to practice it. And so that means I need to be involved in faith and love and faith and works. And so I, I need to control the power of my tongue, how the, how the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you can learn a lot about a person by listening to their words and find out the, the crux of their words is really a reflection of their heart. So I'm really trying to practice, Kathy, what it means to control my tongue so that I give exhortation to people as opposed to irritation just by the controlling of the tongue. And that means I need to submit my tongues and my thoughts to the sovereignty of God before I even speak when I talk about the political issues. Yes. Wow, that's so good. That sure is. So, Bruce, uh, for years, for many, many years, you had a lunchtime Bible study, which I believe is still going on in downtown Pittsburgh. And I, I know that the vastness the richness of the relationships that you've created there has got to be one of the joys of your life. So now um, in your older years, and of course with your Parkinson, your declining health, you have to lean on those relationships. I'm sure people have reached out to you so often to talk to you, to seek your counsel, to see how you're doing. Can you speak about that? And those relationships? One of the things I've learned, John, is I, I need to be vulnerable and that's okay. I don't have to be the, the staunch, physically oriented guy. I can be humble, learn humility, and let people help me. I've had to realize that there's a lot of things, John, that I can't do that I used to be able to do, and I need to let other people do that, and that's a gift in itself. But I have to get over my ego and say, that's okay. They can minister to me, and I can minister to them by receiving what they give. And that's all part of the, the practice of relationships. We need to practice the truth, I believe. So practicing the truth, Bruce, is different than knowing it. Um, and I know that that's a, a process, that's the process of sanctification, I guess, is a part, partly is that we're coming to understand that what we know doesn't alter anything if we don't put it into practice or live like we believe it. Um, can you talk about that a bit? Well, that's a very good insight, Kathy. I think it's important to realize that truth is something that is to be given away, not something that is to be held on to. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, when, when we practice the truth, we're giving his life away. And by giving his life away, we might be leading other people to saving knowledge of him. So truth is not something designed to be held on to. It's designed to be something given away. And that means I need to have the power of the tongue, that I do exhortations rather than irritations when I speak. And that's, that's one of the things I've really been concerned about, is that uh, just because I might have an insight in the Scripture does not mean but I have the right to beat it over somebody's head. I need to do it with faith and love and, and graciousness because that's mm-hmm. how it was given to me it was through God's grace. I need to be sure that when I give it away, it's given by God's grace also. 
So, Bruce, I wonder, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you retired and you spent many years in the corporate world with uh, PNC Bank. And of course, before that, uh, your excellent time in the United States Navy, your time as a fighter pilot, all that. And now, you know, in your declining years, you're, you're, you're homebound in many ways. Um, do you ever talk to God about that and, and wonder why that is? You know, you, in many ways, if anybody was sort of, you know, wanting to hope for a, a long and healthy retirement, it would be you. Well, the solution for me, John, is, has been what it means to be fearing God. If I'm really holding him in reverence, and I know that he is the sustainer and author of life, and all things work for good for those who love him, but that means that the things that he has removed and the things that he has given me are designly inspired. Therefore, I need to have the right response. It's how I look at them. And I have to look at them through God's eyes, not through my eyes. When I look at them through my eyes, I become very selfish and complaining. And I don't want to be an agitator. I want to be a peacemaker. And that means I need to look at things correctly from God's perspective. He's removed these things from me, and that's by his design. And therefore, I need to submit to that and say, how do I give that away? Learning what I'm learning in this situation, but how do I give it away to other people? Well, Bruce, these are very strange times. And uh, you've got to know that uh, you're on the hearts and minds of many, many people in our daily prayers for all that you've contributed to, to us here in the city of Pittsburgh, all the churches that you helped flourish and pastor, and oh gosh, of course, yes. all the people that you were with. We greatly respect and admire you, Bruce, and uh, we wish you well uh, as you fight this battle with Parkinson's. Well, thank you very much. Love you guys a lot, and thanks for the great ministry you have, and thanks for the privilege of having a good relationship with you for eternity. Yeah. Bruce, we look forward to seeing you in person. We hope that that happens sooner rather than later. It's the Reverend Dr. Bruce Bickle. All the information about Bruce is available at wordfm.com. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. Joe Biden. Faith is what has gotten me through difficult times in my life. I lost my wife and daughter when my son had stage four glioblastoma in a matter of months. Personally for me, faith, it's all about hope and purpose and strength. And for me... My religion is just an enormous sense of solace. I go to Mass and I say the rosary. I find it to be incredibly comforting. Kierkegaard said, faith sees best in the dark. Think of all the people you know who are going through horrible things and they get up every morning and they put one foot in front of the other. I marvel at people to absorb hurt and just get back up. And I'm absolutely, thoroughly convinced and optimistic about the prospects of this country. There is nothing, there is nothing we can't do. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. If you're like me, there's been days this year where you felt pretty discouraged. I'm not normally a Davy Downer, but at times it's felt like tough, sad, or scary stuff everywhere I turn. And as we near this election, no matter your point of view, more heavy days are probably ahead. But then yesterday I heard a different kind of story about my niece, who spent the entire summer babysitting and saving her money, only to then say out of the blue, Mom, I want to donate my summer savings. She had learned about an organization that delivered toys and Bibles to less fortunate kids. 
and I heard a story about a little local cafe whose business was not doing well, but decided anyways to deliver dozens of free lunches to nearby seniors struggling with isolation. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we challenged ourselves this week to open our eyes to those who inspire us and to try to do some inspiring ourselves. Maybe joining with us might also encourage you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hello, this is Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas and voice of PowerPoint Radio. Let me encourage you to be prepared to vote in this upcoming election. Before the Lord, it is our right and our responsibility to take part in the democratic process. The stakes are far too high to sit back and let others choose the course for our nation's future. Register, plan ahead, and please vote. Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, at this moment, local Christian schools, colleges, and universities are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Kathy, like a deviled egg? I love, I am passionate about the deviled egg. Really? Mm -hmm. I never make them. My niece makes them. My niece, Meg, if you're listening, I love you and the deviled eggs you make. Really? Why -hmm. don't you make them? Because I never think of it. It's just because I'm lazy. It's not for out of any other reason. No, I've never made them, but I've eaten a lot of them. Yeah. Um, Does your wife make them? No, no. Because you know what? I, I was once in a play that ran for about six weeks and every night, I kid you not, on stage as part of a gag, I ate six deviled eggs. <gasps> In a play? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Did it ruin it for you? Yeah, I was done. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you know, at first, you know, it was fine. But then about, you know, week two, I'm like, I'm so over these. And I can imagine my cholesterol. The good thing I was a young man. I was, you know, probably my, you know, early 30s, but still. Right. Six of them a night. Well, that's the problem with deviled eggs. Not the, I mean, not my problem is that I have to eat them in a play, but that you, they're so delicious. You have to, you end up eating a lot of them. So what do you do? I mean, how, what's the, what's the little creamy? Is it just well, like. So you take the egg yolks out yeah, and then you mix it with mayonnaise, mustard, paprika, things like that. Whip it up. You whip it up. Whip it good. Na, 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 na. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And then you put it back in there and you right. And then you put it on a nice little tray, you know, a deviled egg tray where you have yeah. like the little spaces in there. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely delicious. Anyway, mm-hmm. you're bringing it up because it's National Deviled Egg Day. Very nice. Happy Who knew that the deviled eggs had to have a day? Yeah. Listen to this. Okay, I'm perusing and see this little slice of heartbreak. Uh, Two hundred and twenty-five thousand couples. This is from Yahoo Money. 225,000 couples owe a collective $3.7 billion for weddings that didn't happen Uh, in 2020. How do you come up with that number? I don't know how you come up with that number, but is that so much heartbreak? I mean, can you even get your head around that? One in nine couples planning to marry this year or $225,000 or payers. Oh, $3.7 billion for canceled wedding during the pandemic, according to a new analysis from Lonery, an online personal lender that works out to about $16,440 in outstanding balances 
for each couple. Oh. Five factors that were considered. The average number of weddings that take place, the percentage of those postponed, the number of personal loans taken out for weddings, the average cost and budget of a wedding, and the average loan amount for a wedding based on Lonery's own data. We didn't take a loan out for our wedding. Huh. That's dicey. Yes, it is dicey, but that's Holy. I would think that's pretty common. Really? I would think that's pretty common. Well, that's a lot of money. That's a heck of a lot of money. Uh, How many people were at your wedding? 175. Okay. I think we did 110. Mike, how about you? How many people at your wedding? Uh, I think around 200. Ooh, that's a big wedding. Good he was for trying you. to show us up. That's right. Why. He wanted to have more people at his wedding than ours. <laughs> well, you know, my, I, just said one, I just said 110. My guess is my wife might say, no, there's probably like 50. So right. maybe it's just me. <laughs> That might be true. No, somewhere between 50 and 110. Okay. If you're wrong, I'm going to make you eat a deviled egg for tomorrow's show. <laughs> or six of them exactly. at one sitting. Anyway, hey, thanks for being with us. The uh, podcast is up and running. Of course, hey, you know, what should we say the necessary? Vote. Vote, please. Everybody right? vote. Yes. And Kath and Mike, we look to hear your tales tomorrow of standing in line. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group.